Hi, Dr. Gator here. Are you ready to take your family's health to the next level? Check out my free immunity and wellness masterclass at integrativepediatrics.com. So, Dr. Gator, because my mother was a young mother, she had me at 23, I just assumed growing up that I would also be a young mother. And I just realized, we were chatting, that when my mother was my age, now 42, I was 18. I know. I, I might I, be I doing that math wrong. I have friends that are teenagers as, have teenagers as well, and it's it's insane to me just having a, a two-year-old. <laughs> right. So my whole life, you know, I was kind of bummed that I wasn't going to have the experience of being a young mother. But now I realize I am so happy I am not because I am not ready to be the parent of a teenager yet. I don't think anyone's ready to be the parent of a teenager <laughs> yet or ever. <laughs> Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Amazing. I don't know. So, I am not a young mother, but a few years ago, I played a young mother on television. <laughs> I was the mom to... <laughs> seven kids on Disney Channel's Stuck in the Middle. It's basically, basically the same, right? Basically the, same, the same, right? You know, when you're a mom on a TV show <laughs> and you're not a mom, people think that's really weird. If I was a mom on a TV show, they would probably think it was weird. <laughs> Very funny. No, but so I like, agree. You know, if you play a doctor on TV and you're obviously not a doctor in real life, you're an actor, nobody talks about that. Nobody says, but you're not a doctor, Right. But when you're a mother mm-hmm. on a TV show, before you're a mother in real life, it just it opens up a lot of conversations of, but you're not a mother yet. Anyway, that happened to me. That was my experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now I am a mother, but I'm super excited about today's episode because we are going to talk to a real live teenager. from In the wild, from the wild, you know, a real <laughs> live one. <laughs> and her mom. And your mom cares, so we have it. It's an exciting episode. We got a lot of people on today, and your mom cares is amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, if you've heard of them um, out there, but they, it's a group of moms that came together. Almost all of them, really famous moms, famous uh, actors, actresses, moms who got together to uh, focus on mental health, especially in teens. And it's just an amazing organization, and we get to speak to. Uh, one of their founders today. And we get to talk to my youngest daughter from Disney Channel Stuck in the Middle, Ariana Greenblatt, and her beautiful mother, Soli, about being a teenager and parenting a teenager and mental health and what their experience was like during the pandemic and now moving forward. We talk about social media. Um, We just think it'll be really powerful to have other parents of teenagers actually hear directly from someone who is 13. Yeah, I'm excited to chat today. And just for the record, uh, as a mom on a TV show, you probably get lots of comments about that. But as a as a pediatrician who wasn't a dad, I got Ooh. plenty of questions about that too. So, <laughs> so you know, before before you're a parent as a doctor, that's also if you're a pediatrician, I feel like that's also a a weird world to navigate. Just like maybe. A mom on a TV show. Did I ask you that yet. question in in our original interview? If you were a dad yet? I don't remember. Interesting. Most people do, but not not everybody well, does. I, I feel like it's you, I, you're part of the club. If I did, then, I clearly you know. didn't judge because I chose you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, but I could have been like, oh, one's on the way, so you you, you didn't get the chance, yeah. you know, before way before I had a baby. True. Okay, <laughs> we've, both, we've both experienced that judgment. Okay, <laughs> all right, let's get into mm-hmm. it. I'm super excited about this interview. Here is Ariana Greenblatt and Soli Greenblatt. Uh, we just want to acknowledge that the sound in Ariana and Soli's interview is not perfect we had technical difficulties that day so our apologies for that oh my gosh you guys i am so excited for our guest today we have the beautiful ariana greenblatt and her mother Soli greenblatt 
Um, you know, she's Ariana's the big, the busiest young actress in Hollywood. You know her from Julia in The One and Only Ivan. She was, of course, Daphne in our series on Disney Channel, Stuck in the Middle. Young Gamora in the in Avengers Infinity Wars. She was in Bad Moms Christmas. For all your moms out there who watch Bad Moms as your Bible. Um love and monsters and she has two huge movies coming out that we'll talk about later um that she's working on and just shot welcome ariana i'm so happy that you're here and thank you solely for joining us this mother daughter episode is so special to us and um having us i'm excited a little background before i was a mother um i was a tv mom to seven kids on the disney channel show stuck in the middle and Ariana was my youngest TV daughter. She was only seven when we started, and now she is 13. And, um, but I got the pleasure of working with this extraordinarily talented um, young actress from the time she was seven every single day. And I got to go to work with Soli every day too. So I got to watch you mother her and parent her and your bond and it, it was all really beautiful. And now that I am a mother, um, I like flashback to many moments of the two of you. So I could cry. Serena was the best TV mom ever. After like a long day, she would always like tickle our arms and like calm us down. Yeah. She was the best. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Oh, I love you. Yeah, we can't do that with COVID anymore, right? No more like touching <laughs> each other. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a whole new world right now, huh? Yes. yes. It really, really is. So. And speaking of that, you know, in my practice, I'm seeing a lot more tweens and teens coming in right now with mental health concerns, just being a little bit more stressed out, a little bit more anxious. And I think that really the stay-at-home orders have affected everybody, but maybe teens and tweens the most. How has it been for you in the pandemic? How has it affected you? How has it affected your family? Yeah, I mean... In the beginning, I had no idea what to expect because I don't think we've ever lived through anything like this. Um, And I think the main part of like going through the beginning was missing my friends so much because I got into the routine. I mean, I just recently started going to real school since I've been doing set school and homeschool on Stuck in the Middle. So I finally got used to the routine of seeing my friends every day and hanging out every day and just like, you know, having that to rely on and having them to rely on. And I think when that just quickly shut off, I was confused and I was like really sad at that time because, you know, FaceTime can only do so much. And if we ever did want to hang out, it was six feet apart or more with masks and testing. It just obviously wasn't the same. So adapting to that environment of not being around the people you're around all the, di- all the time was weird, but we got to spend a lot of family time together and it was hard to kind of break through and adapt, but I think I'm getting used to it at that point because it's been yeah. a new March already. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't yeah. think we ever get used to it. We just kind of accept it. Adapt to it. Accept ad- it. Adapted, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And Zoom has been great because I got to Zoom with them all the time, but it just wasn't the same. It was pretty hard. Soli, what did you do to, to keep like the family's spirits up? Because you also have, you have another, you have a son who's a teenager, 16, 17? What did you do to keep, like, everybody's spirits up in the house? Because I know that you were that kind of mother because I've watched you mother. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, there's both of these kids are completely different. Gavin is more of an introvert anyways, and he is a gamer. So he's always being social with his friends on, you know, on Zoom or on whatever. He was used to that environment right what 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 are the things that they use to um game with discord and discord he's very used to talking to them socially distanced they're in their house he's in theirs so it didn't really change so much his way of socializing with friends but with school it was extremely difficult um and ariana who's a social butterfly that was really hard too and not knowing what this um, COVID was about at all and being six feet apart and wearing masks and, you know, you never know what you can, you're wiping down groceries, everything that you can imagine, you're trying to be completely careful. But for her, it was really different because she likes to be very 
she's very active. She needs to go skateboarding outside. So we did a lot of stuff of like skateboarding, Sean and Ariana, or motor, they have motorcycles. So they go driving around town with masks on um, for inside the house. I mean, I play lots of games. We are a family that loves games. You name it, we've played it and we play it all the time. I love it. Um, Monopoly Deal. Do you remember Monopoly Deal on Stuck in the Middle? Do you remember that, Serena? Was I in that episode? I don't remember that. Oh, it's not even yeah, an episode. Behind it's behind the scenes when we were getting yelled at because we were so loud because we were playing oh. with Monopoly. Anyway, oh. we play that game probably 15 times a day because it's so fun and it's strategy and it's still like math and, you know, me as a mom, I'm all about education. Um, That's great. We do, and we bake a lot. You know, I love baking. So this one has become a mega baker. <laughs> and we would Zoom with my mom. And my mom would literally give us, like, Puerto Rican cooking classes. She would do, like, oh, today we're I'm going to teach you, Ariana, how to make white rice and beans. And so she had to be super social and active with everyone in my family, my sisters. We would have dance parties. In fact, we had a dance party three weeks ago with my mom. We just said, we Zoomed her and we're like, what are you doing? And we blasted music and we all just started dancing. Just fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the whole world could have used hearing all of this for the last year. Like that, those are all like really great tips. <laughs> she was just saying like, I'm a social butterfly and like yeah. being in quarantine, I like lost all my social skills. So like mm-hmm. when I had to come up she to the part of like talking to people, I'd be shy. And Serena knows me, I'm yeah. not shy at all. Like, I'll say what I want to say. I'll do what I want to do in front of people. But, like, I was really quiet. I was like, hi, I'm Oriana. I did not know how to interact because with Zoom, you just do it, and then you can go to your room and do whatever you want. So, like, being in front of people again, especially in the work environment and stuff, I had to get back into it. But yeah. how, how, it was weird, like, losing all that. Yeah, how, like, how's that been, going, going back to work? I mean, do you have worries about you know getting sick getting uh, you know other people at the, the set you know how has it been just getting back into the flow because i think that's also been a big concern for a lot of the kids and young adults that i've had at the, been speaking to at the office where it's like okay now we're starting to go back to school or we're starting to go back to you know somewhat more normal life but then i'm a little bit more nervous just like you said to, to talk to people I haven't really done it in a while i'm worried about getting sick i'm worried about getting somebody else sick so what, what's been going through your mind with that i think that's really helpful well, luckily, um, they test us, like, twice a week. No, so, more like the last minute was five times a, like, a week. a lot. Like, just say a lot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that part was more, like, um, relaxing because we know that they're getting tested so much. Mm-hmm. But in the very beginning, it was very strange because, you know, everyone's wearing a mask, and then if you can't hear them, you keep asking to repeat themselves. And then you're in that awkward situation where you don't know what they're saying, and it's a mask and all that type of stuff. But... It was weird to adapt to that whole new environment of mm-hmm. COVID, but also being in the normal world and trying to keep it safe, but also build a connection with the people you're going to be working with. Um, so I definitely had to find a balance. And yeah. even when I'm just doing whatever, I wear the mask and stuff like that. Yeah, It is harder to find the balance because we're, we're social creatures, right? We're social beings and we're used to seeing smiles and seeing faces. And, and now you don't get that that feedback you're not sure you know i mean unless you could really good at reading eyes you have no idea you know are they happy are they smiling are they growling at me i, I don't really know and i even find it funny in the office sometimes i'm like you know can i take a look at your mouth and then i'm like pointing at my mouth opening up like showing my you know teeth and i'm like oh wait i'm wearing a mask like you can't see what i'm doing <laughs> yeah the actors barely wore the masks on set because you know they have to either stay in the moment and depending on what scene they're doing or you know like working with each other so I think that's the good part. But like, for example, the directors, if they're trying to give you like a vibe of what next to do, you're like, wait, say that again? Or like, what's the expression you're trying to portray real quick? Like, it was definitely strange, but it's it's better yeah. for safety, you know? And everyone had double masks, shields. Um, some people had gloves on, you know, goggles. goggles. You had to wear goggles. If you weren't wearing a mask, you had to wear goggles. Um, but it is really difficult because I'm a I'm a huggy, touchy person. Like I always, I love that connection. That's a part of connection and for her acting too. That's something that you guys always, that, that's part of your expression, right? When you're acting, the touching mm-hmm. part of it. So even during rehearsal, 
it would feel awkward coming into a new day and then you still have that like oh, six feet apart mask everything and so that's really really difficult um i think that barrier was kind of hard too wasn't sure, it don't yeah. you think what do you what do you miss most from before the pandemic it's so weird to remember like the things we did and like thinking about what we did but i think probably going to like disney or like universal and amusement yeah. parks like that Mm-hmm. Or That's just a good like one. waking up and being like, I'm going here and not having to look up if they're open or not wanting to go because you're scared. I mm-hmm. think just the thought of not thinking about it is probably what I miss because I do anything and I'm just thinking about COVID. I'm watching a movie. I'm like, why aren't they wearing masks? And mm-hmm. then I remember it wasn't like, That's not what you do. So I think just. I'm looking back at like videos from a year ago. I had no idea like this was the last normal week. So it's weird to think like a whole new mindset, but I probably miss just like going to amusement parks and not being scared if you touch someone. Or you touch anything, right? Because yeah. we go in there, I do now are like, oh, spray my hands. Let's, you know, let's clean our hands or, yeah. you know, spray me with alcohol or Purell. Yeah, no, no, it's it's I mean, I think the same thing. It's just you're always thinking about it. Right. And, and I, I miss not even thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You, know, you know, having to plan. OK, I want to go to dinner. Oh, I got to plan this two weeks in advance. I got to decide if I want to go here. Do I need to be worried? You watch a show on TV. You're like, oh, they're, they seem very close to get like, why am I thinking about that? Why does yeah, it even that... matter that, that they're, they're like, that's what we're supposed to be doing. But, you know, we've had to deal with this now for a long time. So it's you know somewhat normal. Yeah, it's so, it's so weird thinking that. And we're not programmed to never see people again right. or to not see each other's faces like. So I think it's a, I think it's incredible that it's been a year of this COVID, but it's not just happening to us in the United States. It's happening to every single person in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Better some places than others but yeah but it's yeah. no matter what everyone has been affected in the entire world it's not like a catastrophic event that happened like a, a you know a hurricane that you know right. demolished puerto rico it's those people that have to then deal with that but the people in california aren't but it's mm-hmm. every single person in the world is dealing with the same sort of issues correct and that's also something that for me as a doctor i have a unique window because most people are isolated and they feel isolated and most people don't realize that we're all going through the same thing everybody around the whole world is going through the same thing and and especially as a you know as a teenager as a young adult it's you're so used to being social i mean that that's so important to you they're just hanging out going to the the mall going to the restaurant whatever it is that you want to do like that's huge part of your life it's always a huge part of your life but it's really really huge when you're a teenager and you know you feel very isolated and you forget that okay everybody else is going through this the same way and so we're all isolated and have the same feelings but just not not together and 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 it's it's something that why we want to talk about and why we're so happy you know that you're willing to share you know what you you're going through because i think that helps other teenagers and young adults and tweens just remember that they're not the only ones we're all going through this and and we have to keep that in mind and it will it will get better but you're not alone in these feelings speaking of social i want to talk about social media for a second um because it's obviously like a huge part of our lives of everyone's life right and um um and as an actress, like there's a part of now, it's like part of your job. You have to sort of be present on social media. But I do feel like that it doesn't matter if you have 2 million followers or 2,000 followers or 2 followers. Social media can make us feel bad, even as an adult. Like it, I have like a weird relationship through it. And I know a lot of the kids in my family and of my friends' kids say that like it definitely affects their mental health like sometimes it feels fun and sometimes it doesn't and anyway I just I think there's a lot of good but we have to balance it but I know like Ariana you have a huge following does that ever caught does does it ever cause you stress does it ever make you feel anxious feel tired feel weird what are your thoughts around that does it ever not cause you does it ever not cause you (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um I have a weird relationship with it too because I feel sometimes I feel like pressure to post what people might want to see from me and then I find myself being like hey 
that's not you. You have these people that love you so much for being yourself. So just because you have all these people watching every move you do, um, don't change yourself, you know? And I wrote this like thing for my English paper once called Happy With Hate. And it was talking all about social media and like how what an impact it can like have on you and how you could just be buried in these comments. And you know, I always try to not read them, but everyone says that and it's always so hard to see because you wanna see if your friends comment. And then mm -hmm. you go down a bunny hole of like the replies to someone. So I think I just have to like, you know, it, it's weird, especially because I'm so young and I'm still growing in this world. It's a everyone's hawk eyeing me. They're watching every move I do, every picture I do, every background I do. So I always have to be really careful. And even if I say an inside joke, people might not like on live. I always have to filter myself. So. You know, it's a weird world that we live in, especially because I joined social media so young. It's kind of all I know, which is weird. But, um, you know, I love it and I love all my supporters and all my fans so much because they love me for who I am. But I definitely have to, you know, distance myself sometimes because I could get in the rabbit hole in my head being like, oh, you shouldn't have posted well, that be, and stuff like that. But they can also be mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it yeah, gives them, mean. social media gives them the freedom to say whatever they want. I, I also think, I think when you're an actor, I mean, people are mean to me and I'm adult, <laughs> you know, I'm in my 40s. So, mm -hmm. and it, and it, I'm, I'm mean to you sometimes. Sometimes Dr. I'm, Gator I'm is mean to me. <laughs> never, never. Um, <laughs> but like, I also think that people think that just because you're an actor, that like you don't have feelings and that we just like have all of this confidence okay. and like that is not true. Right? Like we are just as soft it's and right smushy. The opposite. Exactly. Yeah. The most yep. sensitive people. Yeah. You know. I, I want to say something to this too is that, you know, I, I'm lucky in the office I get to be a part of so many celebrities, families, and prominent figures, families, and it affects everybody. There are many times when parents very famous people come in and they talk to me about oh this person posted this about me or this person said this about me you know or they say something about their parenting or you know they post a picture about carrying their child in a certain way or having a certain you know, whatever it is there's so many things and then they're like is this okay like some people got mad at me for this everybody has feelings you know just because you're a celebrity or have a million followers or 10 million followers or 100 million followers doesn't mean that you don't care if somebody says mean things to you i mean I, I care. I get people post mean things all the time. You post something they don't agree with, and then they get into an argument for who knows why. That's I don't know true. why everyone needs to be so mad. Mad. Why does everyone have to be so mad on social media? <laughs> There's hundreds of opinions at once, and you're just like, hey, bro, I just wanted to post this cool picture. Right. And, you know, I mean, sometimes they fight with each other in the comments, and they're just so mm -hmm. strongly opinionated on some topics. But yeah, everyone says don't listen to me. stuff like that. It's really hard. I want, like, who knows if any of those people are listening, but if you are listening right now, I say we all take a moment to stop spreading hate, and when you're tempted to post a comment, instead, look at your own life and go do something that brings your heart joy. Anyway, that's my, my little soapbox about social media for a second. We have a question from you from, from Taylor. Uh, Taylor, Fan. Taylor wanted to know, what is it like having to do schoolwork while you're also making a movie or a TV show, and is it harder to memorize stuff for a test or your lines for the, the movie or the show? <laughs> Love that question. Thank you, Taylor. Um, <laughs> luckily, I'm so grateful to have a great set teacher, Trisha Steen, which Serena might know. She was the teacher on Stuck in the mm. Middle for the bigger kids. So but cool. She's fantastic, and she's so understanding. And, you know, it's hard to find such a great teacher on sets because they don't understand what you have to, like, be in this moment so you might not want to do a test in this moment or that day so I'm really lucky to have her because she's so understanding and she's like family at this point so she's mm -hmm. like hey do you want a break right now do you want to just read a book really quickly you don't have to do this right now like stuff like that and the memorization I'd probably have to say it's harder for me to memorize a math test because I don't know I feel like memorizing lines I get into the character and I just say it better. And then memorizing a test is harder for me because I don't love it as much as I do acting. Me too, so. girl. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not get into the character of math. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the line. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's incredible watching her do both. To be quite honest, I honestly, I don't know how she does it. You know, all know. these kid actors, they have to go to school no matter what. So they could be in every scene of the day, but no matter what, they have to be pulled for 20 minutes and do a 20 minute block of whatever it is. Or sometimes it's a full hour, but no matter what, they have to get um, an hour in of school a day. But prior to that, they have to bank 10 hours. So at the end of the day, your kid is doing more work than any average student in a regular school period. Wow. So they're banking all of these hours, right? <laughs> and they're using them up in, um, you know, throughout the day. And then they go back on the weekends again on Saturdays when most kids are off and they're doing that. Um, our last movie, Ariana shot six days a week. So every single day. And on Sunday she would come back and she would do homework that Technically, it didn't even count, but she still has to do that work. To catch up with catch my up. actual, like, real students that are going ahead. Yeah. And while filming, I had to do midterms, so I had to study for those while doing these scenes. Um, so, I mean, there was, a, there was a part where you came in, and there was a scene where she had to literally break down and cry, and she's sobbing, and she's sobbing. Don't spoil and it. I won't, but she's crying, and she's dead, and it's like she's hyperventilating, crying. It's like that, like, heartbreaking. Don't spoil. Wait, I'm not spoiling anything. Um, it could be an movie. It doesn't even matter. Um, it could be about anything. But she then had to go straight into a midterm that was due that day. So no matter what, she had to get it done, not knowing how hard the day was really gonna be. And so she stayed in it, very method. And so she's crying, doing, I don't even know what subject it was. She's crying and she's doing it. She's wow. crying and she's doing it. And then they're like, okay, Ariana, we're ready for you. And she's still crying but and that's she's the, still in that's it. That's the good part about Trish, because like, yeah, I was trying to take my mind off of it or else I'd get into like a really depressing state on um, the whole day. So she was like, hey, listen, you don't have to do this right now. You can do it later today. And in my head, I'm like, you're going to go home and fall asleep and not want to do a test. Mm -hmm. She's like, OK, I guess I'll do it. Multiple choice, whatever it was. So. Wow. 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 For anybody out there that thinks the life of an actress is easy, it's 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 not like that's all the behind the scenes what stuff that you don't know. Memorize lines. I'm just like, no. <laughs> you know, it's really staying in it. It's the whole thing. So it's amazing. So I applaud you. I'm, I applaud you too, Ariana. You are extraordinary. And I just have to talk about this for a second. Um, so it's just, just this weird thing. Basically, the director who started my career, in at least in the horror genre, Mr. Eli Roth, you are now, on, you're, you're on your way to Europe in like a day, right? Tell us about your new project. So I am playing Tiny Tina, which is this psycho, craziest 13-year-old in the world. My mom made this for it. Oh, wow. um, and it is about a video game called Borderlands. And I'm working with these insane people. I don't even know what my life is. I'm just going with the flow. What the universe is guiding me through. I'm not letting myself process it or overthink it. I'm just going with it. And I have... I have the chance to work with Eli Roth, who's incredible. We love you, Eli. We love you, Eli. We love you. But I'm in shock still. Um, I'm playing this crazy girl who loves exploding things, and she's kind of a nightmare, but very excited to play her. Um, she's, she's the coolest. This with, character's amazing. Yeah. Without spoiling yeah. a lot, there's more to her than what you think. So um, you, you just said something really interesting that I feel like that everybody – kids teens and parents everyone we can all learn from we, we don't know what's going to happen next we're just going to trust the universe and go with it that's how i live my life or else i would totally freak out and i feel like in this time of like covid and pandemic and everybody is freaking out we just have to take it a day at a time trust and and go with it that's a really beautiful perspective yeah, and I'm a big overthinker. Some might, some people might not know that, but I'm a huge overthinker, and I can take this and overthink it to some deep world problems, and I don't know why. <laughs> so um, I just kind of 
say my thanks to the universe and I just do what I know, do what I love and be myself and then the universe will guide me to wherever I have to go. But overthinking is not good, especially when it comes to my little brain right here. So just go with the flow. <laughs> I think that's an actor thing. Probably. I feel like everyone I know, and you guys all thing. overact or overact, over uh, overthink everything. Because you kind of have to. With yeah. characters, you're like, all right, overthink this life. Yeah. Words and texts and emails, yeah. and I overthink what I say. And diving into a character as an actor, you you really are like doing like a psychological breakdown on this person, right? And figuring yeah. out like who they are, what makes them tick. And so, yeah, there is sometimes it's hard to separate that from, from real life. I've just witnessed the, how hard you work in school and on set. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited about this film. Soli, I have a question for you. We have a question for you. Okay. There's a lot, been a lot of drama in the world. Um, everybody's yeah. had a hard time. But we always drama. Want... What drama? <laughs> so what drama? Right. We talking about? We talking about? It's fine. Anyway, what was the most solely as a mother? What was the most amazing part of your pandemic, your 2020? You know what? I think I am one of four girls. So there's five women in my family. And my dad, and we're super, super, super tight. You know, she's got three amazing aunts um, from my side of the family. And then, you know, Sean, he has, you know, a sister and a, and a brother also. But I, I honestly think Zooming with family has became like a normal thing in our life more than usual. And we're already distant. You know, one lives in Miami and New York and Chicago. And I feel like this time we've connected more. They became, you know, a bigger part, I even think, of the kids' lives, you know? Yeah. Like, we'll just randomly Zoom all of them. We have group Zooms every Sunday. Or we'll have, I just feel like we kind of became closer because we didn't have, you don't have distractions. You don't have world distractions on a daily basis where you just had to stop and really just be a family. Think of what's important. And it's weird because, yeah. Even before the pandemic, we didn't live close to each other, and we mm -hmm. still never Zoomed or FaceTimed that much. So right. It's weird what that possessed us to just call them all the time and Zoom birthday parties, Zoom everything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun. We had Zoom Golden Girls Bingo nights. Like For the I, <laughs> we would do that. We would dress up as our favorite Golden Girl. I mean, we're we're kind of fun and crazy in this family, but we literally would. We had old like you know gray hair and we would pick our golden girl and we would do golden girl zoom are you, are you with sophia <laughs> well i agree that like it's like zoom this technology we feel like it's like there's a disconnect but i i threw a 40th birthday party for a dear friend and a baby shower over zoom and they were so moving and so special because the mother to be got to like connect with each person and anyway i i've also experienced a lot of special things with this you know maybe this will be part of our new normal going back even when we, we can take off the masks and hug and kiss and tickle scratch yeah. and do all this no I, I hope it does i think it you know we all live this crazy life but we're now trying to take more time for our families because yeah. that's the only thing that i feel like is the most important thing the biggest takeaway is that yeah i mean no. that was the same thing for me too it's just, it's just you, you have to remember what your priorities are in life and we're all so busy and and, and you know disconnected sometimes and, and these are ways that we we can reconnect you know sometimes i was so bored you know with nothing to do and nowhere to go i'm like i should probably call my mom you know yeah <laughs> things you should be thinking anyways but you know it's like it shouldn't right. take a pandemic to be like i should call my mom this week you know but <laughs> during this time too it's not just connecting with you know your your family like anybody can be your family your best friends you know, a teacher could be your family, anybody out there that, you know, you're close to, I feel like, you know, is, is your, your people. So I feel like that is super important to always keep connected. It's also a good time to like focus on yourself too, because 
the world before we were probably focused on school because I was in school and like work and stuff mm -hmm. and because you had all that time to yourself you'd be like okay what can I improve maybe I could start eating better you know like mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. coming up with all this stuff to do I mean I started a YouTube channel because I was so bored in the beginning I, I self myself had to edit and I made this whole account for myself <laughs> and then I posted videos like every month or whatever. Ariana, tell everybody where we can find your YouTube channel. Um, it's just Ariana Greenblood on YouTube. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <Is> the <sound? laughs> I was writing songs, like it was just like my creative flow was going and going and going because that's what I was used to. I mean, going on auditions here and this and that and that. So I was like, okay, what other substitutes can I do? And I kept myself pretty busy. That's but so that was weird wonderful to hear and it's really great advice for any of you um, teens and tweens listening if you're feeling like sad and depressed at home like just like pick a hobby pick something that you've never that you've always wanted to do that you've never done and just start the hardest part is starting always yeah yep. and also checking up on mm -hmm. people too is a key thing because you know like you're people stuck get lonely yeah people get really lonely and i made it a priority of mine every day to check up on my friends saying did you eat enough today did you drink water did you do what you wanted to do when you're talking about last night and i thought it was really important because i was like hey if i'm feeling this way how could they not be feeling this way right now you know mm -hmm. so checking up on people and making sure they're okay even though they say they might be okay or you know, I know them so well, I know if they're lying, and I'll be like, why don't we stay on the phone just for a little longer, talk about your day, talk about what you want to do tomorrow, and your goal for next week, and stuff like that, and I think that's, like, key. So check up on your friends, everyone, because it's really important. Wow, yeah. wow, That's, that's wow. beautiful. So check up on your friends. I'm going to check up on my mom. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> beautiful. Great advice. I love you, Ariana. I love you, Soli. I miss you. I am so excited about this adventure that lies ahead with Eli. I, I told him if he needed anyone to help, like, hold a C-stand or if you you need a mother, I'm available. <laughs> a movie mom. Perfect. You have a great mom. Yes, of course. I love you so love much. You. Thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. This is amazing. And thank you for doing this because kids my age, everyone's like, kids don't feel this way but especially in this time they definitely do and i love you for this and i think it's really important so this is awesome you guys are doing and i'm glad i could be a part of this so yes thank, thank you, you for bringing awareness for sure thank you but thank you thank for you. you speaking your truth and being a voice of you know representing teens and tweens your age because we need more kids to speak out about that it is hard and you know misery loves company <laughs> no but when, when we know that we're not the only ones going through it, we do feel better. Oh, you have no idea how much I love that little girl and her mother, how close I feel to them and how much I miss them. She's the most articulate 13-year-old girl I've ever, ever known. She is. I mean, you can, you can chat with her for hours, I, I can imagine. And she just... You've... I forgot that she was yeah. 13 when we were chatting. I mean, it's just, she's so articulated and she expresses things in a way um, that is, is mature. Yeah. You know, for her age, I would say. Why, but she's also, years? you um, know, a kid and honest about still loving to do all of the things, skateboarding and all the things that Soli talked about. And I think Soli had some really great advice for, I mean, I, you know, moving forward, pandemic or no pandemic, like game nights dance parties all of those things like life is hard like it's up to us as parents to keep the joy flowing through the house and keep things exciting and keep things fun no matter if we have a teenager or a two-year-old yeah and i think it's it's so interesting to talk to teenagers but i'm really excited now to yeah. talk to your mom cares to get you know the other side um another perspective on on more about what we can do um as society leadership uh, organizational um, organizational wise in terms of you know, teens and mental health in general because it is just such a big issue and it's why we've chosen to really focus on it in season one um, because it's just such a crazy yeah, time right now. Um, sad. So many of our teens are extremely depressed and having severe anxiety and attempting suicide and there's so many so many um, 
horrible things. It's really wonderful to have an organization like this come on because they are doing a lot to help um, teen mental health. So let's get into it with Your Mom Cares. We are so honored today. To, we have a very special guest. Sharon Feldstein is the CEO, co-founder, and visionary behind Your Mom Cares. In 2014, friends Sharon Feldstein, mom to Jonah Hill and Beanie Feldstein, and Patsy Noah, Adam Levine's mom, were brought together by the White House along with other moms, including Taria J Joseph, Alicia Keys' mom, to do a PSA for the Affordable Care Act, inspired by the amazing group of women and leaders involved and motivated by the many crises unfolding across our country and around the world, Sharon, Patsy, and Taria knew it was time to take their passion for helping children to the next level. Your Mom Cares is working to remove the stigma surrounding kids' mental health. They do this by creating and funding innovative, cutting-edge programs and solutions which have a direct impact on children and adolescents. Sharon began her career as a costume designer, stylist, and trend expert, but for her favorite job has been, and always will be, being a mother to all of her children, anyone else that will let her. Her kids nicknamed her Lord Annoying, which is adorable, and Sharon loves that title. Hello, Sharon. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Hi, Dr. Joel. Hi. Thanks How so much for, for joining us. I'm doing really good. It's great to chat again. <laughs> great. Me too. You're on the other end this time. I told you you would be. I, I know. That's true. Last time. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Exactly right. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about mental health because this is something that has been very passionate to you and your team and, and your mom cares. And it's also very important to us. We, we wanted to start uh, the first couple of episodes on the podcast talking about mental health because there's a mental health crisis. We've had the pandemic, which has certainly been a, a physical crisis, but no, not many people are talking about the mental health crisis. And I wanted to see from your end, you know, with your mom cares and everything that you guys are working on, have you seen an increase in mental health concerns? And if so, what are some of the biggest things that, that you guys have been seeing and, and dealing with over the last few months? Okay, so suicide is the second leading cause of death by suicide, dying by suicide, which is a proper way of saying it, not committed suicide, um, is the second leading cause of death of adolescents in this country. Mm -hmm. And I think the um, ideation and attempts have gone up 30 to 40%. Mm -hmm. You might get an accurate figure on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. During the pandemic, I mean, yeah. it's just mental health in children is at an epidemic point. Think of the border kids, think of separation anxiety, Ugh. think of kids that are hungry and they don't know where they're gonna get their next meal so they're scared and they're nervous. The, you know, the Flint, Michigan water kids have you know, let in their water, that was before the pandemic and now there's the pandemic. So yes, mental health has been very serious problem, underserved problem because there are not many, if any, nonprofits that are solely devoted to children's mental health. So we are very proud to have focused in on that and given some attention. We add light, we add we add light, we add sometimes even add levity, but we add light and we, we focus on these kids that are silently and invisibly, that's another very important point, invisibly mm -hmm. suffering. As you know, as a doctor, Joel, so like if there's cancer, they might be like, oh, my stomach hurts or my leg has some pain or something like that. or asthma right? right but when there's mental health we don't see it i mean it, there's a new term i think it's called like an invisible invisible anxiety or invisible depression or something you'll know better than i do but yeah i mean it's, a, it's an invisible pandemic and also not right. to mention without having school for a lot of kids that's where a lot of this right. is picked up and so just like you're saying you know we've seen a 30 40 percent increase in mental health visits to the hospital this last year and and you know, some of that's attributed to the pandemic, some of that's attributed to other things, but the lack of being in school is where these things are picked up. So if you don't have school, you don't have a school counselor or school guidance, somebody to pick this up, then there, you know, it gets to that point where it gets really bad to go to the hospital. And I noticed that you said hospital. And you know why you said hospital? Because we don't have enough mental health professionals in this country for children. Correct. <laughs> Even if you afford to go, which a lot of people cannot, most people cannot, you can't find them. So your only option is to go to a hospital. There is a perfect segue into something that Your Mom Cares has proudly funded, if I may. May I talk? Yeah, about that, I was just, <laughs> just going to ask you about that. Can you tell everyone about the projects sure. that you are? It's at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC, and it's called RxWell. It's a digital behavioral tool, fancy name for an app, 
but a pediatrician like Dr. Joel would prescribe it. So if he sees a patient in his office or on, I guess, on what's it called, a virtual appointment, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and he notices something, he would say he would prescribe this app, which is attached to social workers and a psychiatrist if need be. And we have the app has been found to decrease anxiety by 70 percent, oh depression by 60 percent, which is groundbreaking. And now the top five children in hospitals in the country, we are going to do phase two with between one and three of them. This is and extraordinary. And we're suicide prevention. I know last time when we were chatting, we were chatting a little bit about this. Is it up and running? I know it was in in testing before. Is it up and running where a doctor could send somebody there or somebody? No, not yet, right? You're working on it, yeah. And we, we... when I, I don't want to say I told them, but you know my personality. <laughs> no, flesh <laughs> suggested what? that they had to include strongly, me. strongly. Look, <laughs> they wanted your mom cares money slash promotion. <laughs> I, I don't care if you put that down; it's, it's real. Um, <laughs> that they would include suicide prevention because right. you have to. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and and I want to circle back to what you said before because I think you know if if the parents haven't dealt with a mental health issue yet, I don't think most people realize how difficult it is to get in to see a practitioner. I mean, you, if you have a really good, even ins- even really great insurance plan, it's still really hard because most providers don't even take insurance anymore. There's such a, a demand for it. And, and, you know, as a pediatrician, we definitely know some stuff about mental health. We certainly deal with it. We certainly help people, but it's not our training. We didn't train for five, right. 10 years in mental health and behavioral health and behavioral health techniques. We, we know about the diagnosis and treatment, but that's more even like psychiatry, which is still totally different, but we definitely are not a psychologist. And so we can chit chat about things with families and have discussions and try to help. But at the end of the day, you need the therapist or the team to work with you for or, hours, or talk through things more. <laughs> Tool, well, yeah. That's why the tool can treat, think about if you prescribe this, so many more patients than one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Right, so exactly. It, it, you know, and again, so far the research has been, I mean, the, the results have been incredible. And I mean, I mean, I could cry with pride if it's going to be as big as we think it's going to be because, you know, it's going to help solve one of the issues of our time yeah. or at least address it, at least address it. It is, and it's brilliant. I mean, it's using technology to connect people that need the connection because at the end of the day, there are providers out there. And if you can connect with people wherever there is access to those providers, then you can get the help that you need right away. And and most right. providers at this point are very good with technology. So, you know, we're used to doing telemedicine. That's what we've been doing all year. And so this right. is the perfect time to introduce this for a mental health perspective and to connect the teens and the tweens and the children that need it. And, and even going back to the first point, this is important for kids because there's a there's right. not enough for adults, but there's definitely more. There's really not anything for kids. It's right. really That's hard to get kids right. services. There's not enough for you said it perfectly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, and That's kids, exactly. this is genius also because I feel like kids, teens, and tweens are very comfortable on social media, on apps, yeah. and communicating in this way. And um, anyway, I think I think it's genius. Speaking of technology and social media. What is your mom cares perspective on social media and the anxiety that it causes teens and tweens? Well, okay, let me, I always start out by saying, but I think I said it already. We are not doctors. We don't Mm -hmm. give out any medical advice. That's why we have doctors. No, but your moms, and as Dr. Gator says, you are an expert. I have a lot, (laughs) no, I'm not an expert, but I have a lot, because I have to give a disclaimer, but I have a lot (laughs) to say about what I've learned and the information I've gathered. How about that? There we go. And my personal opinion, which is I'm allowed. Say because I'm not. A, you know. You've been a mother um, longer than I have, though. So to me, you're yeah, next. I would say okay. way long. Okay. And I have grandchildren, <laughs> and they play there on the you know internet. My opinion on social media: I think social media can be can be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Example: watching the Today Show, and there was a woman that was severely burnt, a very young woman, gorgeous, severely burnt when she was young. Told the whole story. She's on social media. She shows you herself gorgeous with her makeup and unpeels herself till you see her no hair, you know, completely burnt. And she said, I'm beautiful both ways, blah, 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 blah. That's a very extreme example. I 100% agree with her. It was magical to watch her. She's amazing. She has millions of followers. Now let's flip it to the super thin, perfect looking model that's, you know, on Instagram, selling clothes, looking a certain way, pretending 
not pretending, maybe pretending, maybe not, but it, you can't trust everything you see. Right. You know, in, no, my, in Miami, not. in Mexico, in a bikini, smiling, drinking during the pandemic, whatever, whatever she's drinking, and this is a generic person I'm talking about, that is very, very destructive. Mm -hmm. It's destructive to me. I'm 65 years old and been through a lot of things that I know exactly who I am, you know, what I'm doing, what I look like, and I look at it and it's in my brain. I can't get the visual out of my brain. I can't get the comparison of my face, which I've done nothing to, to the face of a 25 year old. Mm -hmm. Now, why would I look like her? But my brain is associating certain things with what I'm seeing. So I'm giving you a personal experience. And I think that these kids don't have the experience that I have, the age that I have, the knowledge that I have, and the understanding that this is not necessarily real. This is a moment in time. Right. This is one moment in time. I, I have to say, I agree. I have also done nothing to my face, but you know, and speaking of face on Instagram. I doubt you're 65, Serena. <laughs> I'm 42. And I've actually done a lot. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually 80, so this is like really good yeah, work. Yeah. Dr. Beverly Hills Plastic Dr. Surgery. He's 11. He's got the best doctor. Um, so, 11 with a beard, yeah. Uh, but they, so, you know, the the all these apps now and Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever, they have these filters, right? Where you can actually right. change your face. That right. makes your eyes bigger, your lips right. bigger, the nose smaller, you can add more hair. It's insane. It's insane. And so you're seeing these teenagers changing their face and it breaks my heart. It's like, no, no, no. Anyway, we've, we've just gone too far. Well, I, just, um, I just jump in for one second yeah. and tell you, we mm -hmm. have a meeting with Facebook and Instagram. We had a great meeting as part of a mental health group and they're doing, they are making efforts to counter the effects of, you know, like they're, they're doing like apps that say like, how do you feel now? Like sad, how, you can use a filter for feelings rather than changing the way you look. That's great. And I'm, and I'm hoping that it's gonna make a difference. I mean, you know, we've been really kind of like, I don't wanna say like on them because it's not our business to be on them, but yet, you know, have I ever minded my own business? Well, you have to, um, it so, is your business. No, no. <laughs> no. I would All say of our like, business, oh, you though. have this to is... do this and you have to do that. And are, are they, you know, are teenagers really gonna play with that kind of colored face app? I feel like it might be for young kids and even like my age to have some fun, but like it's that middle group. It's that group I worry about, the 12, you know, the too cool uh -huh. for school group, like 12, 13, 14, and till about 20, like or 19, 20, I don't know. That's the group I think, Dr. Joel, you correct me if I'm wrong, developmentally, that's the most impressionable, right? And that's the most dangerous. Oh, of course, like, dangerous. definitely. Yeah? Yes, definitely, I agree. <laughs> well, okay, so. I just wanted to get my medical facts correct. No, your medical facts are right on. You've been okay. talking about this for a long time. And, and yeah. I wanted to ask you, you know, just switching subjects for, for a minute. Kids are going back to school now, and you guys have a great resource on your website that I, I talked about uh, maybe a month or two ago, the Back to School Mental Wellness Checklist. I thought it was amazingly well done, very thorough, Thank very you. helpful. Um, so maybe you could tell people a little bit about that, because I think that's a really great resource if you want to go take a look, uh, get your kids prepared going back to school, and just, it also opens your mind a little bit to think about things right. that you might not be thinking about, because I think, you know, we remember, oh, let's get our pencils and our pens, and let's well, make sure that we're not feeling good. <laughs> was, yeah, like, everybody is, like, everybody's going to, you know, back to school, like, when, when we used to be able to go shopping, well, maybe now we can again, mm -hmm. to Target, getting all the supplies, but what are they doing for the prepare the kid to, like, enter the third grade, right. enter junior high school, like mentally. So mm -hmm. what we did was, and I, I don't have the exact facts in front of me, but we, and we can be happy to send you the list, but we gathered experts, like mental health experts, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, teachers, guidance counselors, and they composed the list for us. Cause we're, you know, we're the first to say we are not the experts. They composed the list for us. And it's, we can put it on, you can print it and put it on your refrigerator if you even, if you, even if you want to. So some moms have found it very helpful because it's like, how, how are you feeling today? Like make sure the child gets enough sleep, the diet, the healthy diet, not right. sugar at night, you know, um, whatever it is. I don't know. I haven't have it memorized, but um, there are, you know, breathe, you know, and, and the one thing I do want to say, and this might not be relevant to the back to school checklist, but I say it every time I'm given the opportunity. One of the psychiatrists that we work with, um, when we were giving a talk in Connecticut a long time, a year or two ago, um, 
I, he said to one of the moms, moms of teenagers, the best thing I've ever heard, like anyone say that I get to repeat because it's his words, not mine, Dr. Nash, which is do not be afraid of your child. Do not be afraid, I'm sure you know this, Dr. Joel, of your teenager that locks themselves mm-hmm. in the room. Wow. Do not be scared that if you bang on their door or check on them, that that is going to be a reason for them to harm themselves or others. And lots of mothers, especially these mothers, you know, in Connecticut, were like, I don't know. I don't want to push them over the edge. They seem upset. You know what I'm saying? They're, right. they're, yeah. they're isolating. We don't want to make them angry. And I thought, you know, I understand that having raised kids. But he said, a child that will attempt or die by suicide will never, it will never be because their mother checked on them. Ever. That is not the reason why. Wow. As a psychiatrist, he flat out said it. And the mothers were like, you could see in their face, they were so relieved to know what to do. And that if they did it, they would not be responsible for, if anything, it would be better, not worse. That's pretty powerful. It's really powerful. I think. And such incredible advice for moms of parents. Thank Dr. Yeah. And and, and I think, again, it's it's really important that we talk about these things. These are are tough, heavy, heavy topics, but they are really important because this is happening and we can't shy away from this. We can't shy away from a podcast or TV or wherever it is or in the doctor's office because these are, this is happening and we need to do everything that we can to prevent it. And by talking about it, it it will help to normalize the situation in some way so that you can look to get resources. You you need to know that you're not alone. This is happening across the country and you need to look to get the help that you need so we can get over this. Because a lot of times if you do get the resources that you need, you can prevent uh, worse things from happening. I have one thing, well, two things to say. One is a question, if I'm allowed to ask a question, but- Yeah. One thing, <laughs> no. One thing, okay. One thing <laughs> I want to say is that with the teenagers, because I know that this is kind of what this is about a little bit, the teenagers, what I have found is there are two types of teenagers. One that cannot wait to get back to school and that one that is completely like, they don't care, they're anxiety ridden, they're not used to socializing, they're used to seeing their friends like this, you know, they, you know, and I see that some of these kids, because I've seen personally some kids that have gone back to school that have really thrived. They were so happy to be back and social or whatever kind of socialization they were allowed to have. And other kids are like, they're dreading it. And I find it very interesting that there are probably two kinds of kids right now. Like there are distinctly, I mean, I'm again, I'm not an expert, two kinds of kids, one that can't wait yeah. because they like me, mm-hmm. I'm very social. Like if we could do this in person, I was on a television show yesterday. They go, do you want to go to the studio? I'm like, I'm vaccinated. I'll be right yes. back. Yes. <laughs> so see fun. the people. I was like, oh, hello, people. <laughs> that are like my husband who's like, I love COVID. I'm never leaving the house. You know, like, <laughs> but as a teenager, so you know, that's a different mindset. That's more severe than an adult mm-hmm. making that decision, right? So right. or thinking a certain way. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I wanted to say, because I know that was on topic. And then I do have a question for you, Dr. Joel, which is, mm-hmm. and you don't have to answer it, and certainly not specifically, have any of your patients or have you seen a rise in suicidal ideation or suicide in your practice? Because I know you see young children, and we hear about young children. So definitely an increase in depression, anxiety, and mental health visits. Almost all of the visits. So we talk about it with every single kid now. Well, I do. Every single teen. Uh, and pretty much every single teen or tween at least the discussion comes up on them being more anxious more depressed upset about the world nothing has risen to the level of suicide in my practice but definitely you know in terms of the doctor groups and doctor chats and and people i talk to it's definitely way up i know it's up at the hospitals i know it's way up within the community totally um so the answer is yes um with the caveat that it's, it, I, I think it's more of a just general mental health crisis as opposed to just suicide. I think that's one part of it, um, but that's you know the, more of the extreme. Whereas I think almost everybody, my parents too, right? Not just kids. Everybody's having. Oh yeah, but yeah, we just kids. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what we're talking weird. about today. We don't. We don't. Parents are on their own. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, teen kind suicide of. and suicide attempts has definitely touched my life, um, and my you know friends and friends of friends and people very close to me and it's um one of the reasons why i wanted to do this with dr joel 
Is yeah, I mean, because I, I, I've I had it, friends being a TV mom and um, being an actor and be, just really meeting kids all across the world, and then uh, you know p- stories uh, in my own personal life. I was like, we have to do, we have to do better. Yeah. And yeah. thank you for allowing us to talk about that because honestly, when I go in a lot, and I don't blame everyone, but most people do not want to interview people and talk about suicide. They just don't. And you know, I don't either. Like that's not my vibe. That's not who I am. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, no, it, it is what it is. Talk about you know suicide or pediatric cancer. Like it's not a fun subject. You know what no, I mean? It's, it's, no, but it's well, real and it's happening. Right. It's touched. Yeah. It t- it's touched my family, all of our families, unfortunately, right? But by, I mean, let's just talk about well, cancer for a second, right? Well, I mean, you know, it's. It, yeah. 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 Cancer is not a fun topic to talk about, but you want an oncologist to talk about it because we want to find cures yeah, and we have found cures and lots of kids that would have never made it before. Now they're living a happy life and they're totally cured. So that's why I think it's, you know, we should well, shy away from this. When we first met you and I, I don't know if you recall, <laughs> I told you I was on the board of a pediatric cancer and AIDS charity mm-hmm. since 23. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that for 20 years and I, you know, retinoblastoma, I'm like, why would I even know what retinoblastoma, you know, like I know all <laughs> the names of things and look how far we've come with pediatric cancer. Yeah. We, we have come far. We're not dying anymore. It's so yeah. great. It's unbelievable. So now we have to tackle the next issue, which is mental health. I agree. And let, let so let's talk because that's a good segue. Let's talk of some positivity. What are your <laughs> hopes and and it, what are you excited about in in the world of mental health moving forward for for kids and the things that you're seeing moving forward um, with your mom? I am super excited about RxWell. I'm super excited about changing the dialogue from mental illness to mental wellness, and I'm super great. excited about the stigma being removed by, by, I mean, we always, that was our voice being mothers of celebrities and influencers to get rid of the stigma. It was part of our mission statement. Cause me, I'm not all about money. I'm all about results. So if the results are money to raise, to support the app, great. If the results are just us talking about it, nonstop doing a PSA, great. Going on your show here, great. But I think kids, are taking hold of this. I'm so impressed by the younger generation. Mm-hmm. I feel very sorry for them because I think that they have a lot to deal with. And the flip side of that is I'm incredibly impressed. They are not allowing anyone to make fun of anything anymore. You just can't be mean. You just can't. And you know, mental illness is illness. As Joel and I said, the brain's in your body. Last I checked, it wasn't outside. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like health. And then mental health, oh, the brain's over there. No. It's health. The brain's inside your body. Health, health should not be made fun of. Asthma should not be made fun of. You know, uh, mental illness should not be made fun of. And nothing should be made fun of. The acceptance and the respect that the younger generation is trying to present to us older people is very, very impressive. And I say bravo to all of you. And it's a pleasure to work with you. Do you know, we have this thing called, I don't think you know this, Joel, uh, it's we have brands who care, which are these brands that we work with, but mm-hmm. um, which are incredible. But we just started Kids Who Care because kids oh. are coming to us and raising money, giving their bar mitzvah money, making jewelry. Like we have all these talent. One of the kids just got to deal with Nike. We have these talented kids that are coming to us and want to support mental health in children. Wow. So if there's it's if there's a child that wants to, to if there's a child that wants to come to you, how do they how do they do that? What do they, they oh, go to the website? We or <laughs> DM and email. We love our DMs. See, I got that right. Yes, we did. <laughs> we love it. Oh, I love. I do love social media. My kids will say, "Get off Instagram." <laughs> um, I love Instagram, but yet it's, it can be dangerous. Um, I would say to email us at momsatyourmomcares.org or DM. You know, follow us at your mom cares and DM us. We answer everything. Wow. Liat loves to answer DMs. Okay. <laughs> we answer every email. Wonderful. Thank you. You, you really do care and your work is extraordinary. And we really thank you you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me, both of you. Thank Thank you you. so much. We just wanted to pause for a moment and say, if you or anyone near and dear to you are struggling with mental health and having any thoughts of suicide, please reach out. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Please reach out. You are not alone. That was so awesome talking to Sharon. She's such an amazing woman. 
and mother, and she loves to talk. I've chatted with her so many times, and you could talk to her for five hours, and, and you, you know she would probably never stop. She just loves, loves chit-chatting, and I love chatting with her all the time. And what cool projects they're working on. I mean, the app is just amazing. I think, you know, I, I really hope that they get that up and running so that kids and teens do have the opportunity to, to talk to therapists and, and to work um, to work with them and, and to have, you know, this all set up in the way that, that she was genius. mentioning. It's, just, it's super exciting yeah. as, a, as a pediatrician, you know, it's just, again, as we said, you know, it's really, really, really hard, really, really, really hard, I would say it again, to get a therapist these days, to get a psychiatrist. It's very expensive. A lot of them don't take insurance anymore. They're booked out for months. Um, it's just not an easy process. And their the mental health system was never set up to handle the mental health crisis that we're dealing with now. And, and you know, even before the pandemic, the mental health crisis had already begun. It's been going on for a long time and been talking about kids and, and teens. And, and they're just, you know, it's not that many practitioners to handle it. And even as a pediatrician, you know, we know some about mental health and, and dealing with it, but it's not really our, our training when we're not certainly with patients for an hour or two hours or three hours to really even just begin to dive into some of those issues. And we're certainly not trained in all the behavioral techniques to, right. to work on those things. And so there just isn't the, the army that we need to handle this issue. And, and so uh, it's very exciting to hear that something like this is in the pipeline with you know major programs around the country. So hopefully we can start to bring this to the children and, and hopefully this is something that can get into the pediatrician's office where if a child does have an issue, then you can give them their referral, but also give them, you know, mm -hmm. the app and say, hey, check out the app. You know, we still want you to go see the, the therapist, but like, let's get you plugged in today, get you in to talk to a coach or, or whoever they're going to be talking to. And then How let's just go from there. How incredible for That's these exciting. kids to be able to just reach out in this way that they're comfortable communicating, right? Like kids are communicating Mm -hmm. They're used to texting and on social media and tweeting and all of these things. And if they can, from their bedroom, just say, hey, I'm not doing great and have someone be on the other side. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to cry. Like that, that's what we need. It is what we need. And it's what it's what they're doing. It's what we're all doing. So we should set up the world for success. And it's just way more likely that a teen or adult or anybody is going to go to a, a therapist yeah. through their phone. At least for the first time, you know, it's, there's a lot of stigma around going into a therapist's right. office, uh, which there shouldn't be, but there is. And so if you can establish that connection, you know, maybe talk to someone and be like, oh, this person's pretty cool. They're actually not, um, you know, whatever my impression of going to therapy is. Uh, then once you build that connection, then you can go from there. And once you get, you know, your foot in the door, uh, there's a lot of positive change that can happen. Uh, but it's that first step is often hard, especially for a teenager who really, you know, a, doesn't think they have an issue or doesn't want to handle it or even if they know they should you know just don't want to inconvenience right. their parents or whatever it is there's so many reasons so this is a maybe knocking down one of those walls that are a barrier to to access to care agree agree well Sharon was amazing you can really t tell that she cares deeply and I'm so grateful that she started this organization so everyone check out your mom cares and Let's all keep working together to raise the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.